go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this day. We thank you that we are your people and that you trust us to care for those whom you love. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth be the message of your heart, Lord, that you would speak to your church this day. I praise you that you have trusted me to do this, Lord. I am your servant. Give us ears to hear the message you would speak to us today. Give us a heart to care. Give us hands and feet to carry it out. We love you, Lord, and we look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. There once was a man named Vance. He was an African-American man who lived in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. And so since he looked a little bit different from his neighbors, he stood out a little bit. But what really set Vance apart is that he was a servant-hearted dad who not only cared for his own son, but also for the many kids who played in the streets of his neighborhood near his building. Now, one night at about nine o'clock, there was a knock at Vance's door. It was a 16-year-old boy named Artie from the neighborhood who needed help tying his tie. Artie had a big presentation the next day at school, and he had no father to teach him how to do such things. And so Vance helped him tie his tie. And after he was finished, the boy looked at him and said, Mr. Vance, you don't happen to have a pair of black shoes that I could borrow for the day, do you? My mom, she just doesn't have the money, and all I have are these sneakers. And immediately, the thought was brought by the spirit to Vance's mind about the $60 pair of shoes that sat upstairs in his closet. The shoes that he hadn't even taken out of the box yet, but had been so looking forward to wearing to church on Sunday. And just then, Vance felt pretty certain that God was calling him to give the shoes to this kid. And he cringed a little bit on the inside. Vance told the boy, wait here, and I'm going to go see what I have. And he ran through his house um, to look for a pair of shoes. And on his way, Vance mentioned to his wife that he thought he sensed the Spirit saying to him that he should give the shoes. And... Vance's wife agreed, and she said, it sounds, honey, like God has given you a great idea and also maybe an unexpected way to serve someone in need. And so Vance found the shoes, and he took them to the door where the boy stood, secretly hoping inside that they wouldn't fit and he wouldn't have to give them up. But they fit perfectly. Who would have known that a 16-year-old kid would have a size 12 foot? And so Vance gave the boy the shoes. Now just a few weeks later, Vance and his wife sensed God calling them to start a Bible study for the kids in their building. And so they put up a poster and they ordered four Bibles in case any kids showed up. And at that first Bible study, seven kids showed up on that Sunday evening, all led there by the 16-year-old owner of a new pair of shoes. And so Vance and his wife ordered more Bibles for the following week. And then 14 kids came to their Bible study. Now, who would have ever thought 
that 14 underprivileged kids would hear the word of God and the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, all because one man was willing to step out in faith and give up his shoes. We as a church are working our way through this book right here called The Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. It's by Robert Schnoss. I hope I haven't butchered his last name. And my prayer is that as we are doing it, you and I are seeing together the many ways in which we grow not only our church, but we grow ourselves when we put these five things into practice. And so thus far, we've looked at radical hospitality. Who are the people that we need to welcome into our fellowship and how might we best do that? We've looked at passionate worship, worship that changes us on the inside and draws us closer to God, worship that transforms us to be a blessing to the world around us. We've looked at intentional faith development and we've seen that we grow when we are together, helping one another, studying God's word with one another. And today, we're going to take a look at risk-taking mission and service. Risk-taking mission and service. It sounds like a big mouthful of confusing stuff to me. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. We're going to look at what risk-taking mission and service means. And then we're going to talk about what risk-taking mission and service looks like for Mount Hope United Methodist Church. And so what does it mean to be risk-taking? It means that you do something with the understanding that it could possibly fail, but with the faith that by the hand of God, the desired outcome can and will be realized. Risk-taking means stepping into the unknown or sometimes into the uncomfortable, knowing that we're doing it because there's a greater purpose that we're serving. And knowing that if God called you to it, then God will go with you through it. There's an old maritime saying that goes like this. You cannot discover new oceans unless you're willing to lose sight of the land. As individual followers and as the body of believers, you and I will sometimes be called to go to a place where we might be uncomfortable or to step into a situation that might be unfamiliar. But we can do that, you and I, in faith that God is at work and that God will bring about fruit. And so I think a better phrase, maybe one more easy to understand than risk-taking is this, to step out in faith, to step out in faith. You might recall a story in the Bible where a group of fishermen were asked to leave their boats, the very thing that provided their livelihood, and follow a carpenter throughout the countryside telling the people that God's plan for redemption had come to earth. Imagine how scary a thought that must, have, that must have been for them. And yet how much good was accomplished because these men trusted the nudging of God on their hearts. They engaged in risk-taking ministry. They stepped out in faith. And because they did, you know about the Lord Jesus. Romans 8, 28 
That's my life verse. It reminds us that God will work all things for the good of those who truly love him and who are called according to his purpose. And when you and I hold fast to that promise, even as we act on the prompting of the spirit of God, we've stepped out in faith as well. I started to come to this church when I was about 14 years old, but before we came here, my family lived in Swarthmore, and my granny used to take me every week to Alden Union Church. Now, as you entered into the church in their narthex, all along the wall, they had the many pictures of the missionaries that that church was supporting through prayer and through finances. And to me, they were like superheroes. I was walking every Sunday into a hall filled with pictures of people that I was in awe of. They were superheroes to me. And I remember saying to my grandmother one Sunday over lunch after church, I said, Granny, I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going to Ghana and I'm going to tell those people about Jesus. And my granny smiled and she said, or maybe you just start by being a Sunday school teacher. Sometimes we think of being on mission and serving the Lord, we think that that's going to take us to a faraway place, or that our service to God in some way is going to uproot us and transport us away from our everyday world. And sometimes that's the truth. But more often, more typically, risk-taking mission and service involves actions that we do right here where God has placed us. And so what might that look like for Mount Hope United Methodist Church? What might it look like? Maybe the Spirit is prompting you to start a small group. And maybe through that context, someone who desperately needs to hear it will hear the name of Jesus in a way that they've never heard it before. Maybe the Spirit is burdening your heart with a need to find the homeless or the hungry or the hurting in our neighborhood and take steps to meet their needs in the name of Jesus. Could the Spirit be calling you to reach out to children and parents during this time of enormous change in their worlds by helping them with this online schooling that's so new to them? I challenge you. I challenge you to ask God where you might be called to step out. How do you do that? You just say a prayer. God, what do you have in store for me to do? Lead me to where I might make an impact for your kingdom. And then I promise God will answer. So you need, after you ask that question of God, to listen for the answer. He's going to give it to you. And when you hear it, then you need to get to stepping. Take the risk. Step out into God's prompting in faith. And be reminded of God's promise to us in Isaiah 43, who said, Free or not, for I redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flames scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. The Holy One of Israel, God goes with us. Risk-taking is stepping out in faith with God. That's what risk-taking is. Now, what is mission and service? I believe that mission 
refers to the job that is laid before us by the one who called us. And that our service is the act of doing that job in the name of the one who saved us. Mission is the job that God calls us to. Service is doing that job in his name. At the very start of Jesus' mission here on earth, he entered into the temple and he opened the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he read these words. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus announced to the people who had heard him read it, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And what was Jesus saying? He was saying that that is my mission statement. Jesus was saying that he had a job to do, and that job was to bring about the healing and helping work of the Spirit of God to those who so desperately needed it in this world. That was Jesus' job. Friends, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's our job too. That's our mission too. That's the task that has been set before us. If mission, if Jesus' mission was to bring about the healing and helping work of the Spirit, and if Jesus has invited you, like the disciples, to follow me, and I'll tell you he has, then his mission is our mission, and his job is our job. And I'm going to make that personal. His job is your job. God has called you and me, both individually and corporately, to do our part in bringing about the healing and helping work of God. That's the mission. That's our mission. That's our mission. How do we do that? We do it through service. Service encompasses the actions that you and I take in order to carry out our mission in this world. And Jesus gave us a few examples just a few of ways that we might serve. This morning, we heard the scripture read from Matthew 25. Let's listen to the ways Jesus tells us that those lined up before the king either served or failed to serve. He said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison. And you visited me. See, Jesus here is giving us an idea of those who are in need of the help and the healing of the Holy Spirit. They're hungry. They don't have enough clothing. They're struggling with illness. They've taken a wrong path in their life. And Jesus is saying to the first group before him, who he calls the sheep, you did what you had to do in order to meet those needs. And it was as if you did it for me personally, because my mission is also your mission. And for that, I'm going to bless you. And then Jesus turns his attention to those who also saw the needs of those who are beloved to God, but who just didn't. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. 
I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Now listen, maybe they were afraid to reach out and help. Maybe working with like those types of people might have been too risky for them. Maybe they were just really, really busy that day and there was a lot on their plate that they were dealing with and there weren't any time for those naked people. Or maybe they were saving up for a new car and they didn't want to take the funds from that just then. Maybe they planned to get around to it later. Maybe they just didn't care. I mean, if those people didn't want to be hungry or homeless, they should have gotten a job like I did, right? Or maybe they were just so caught up in their own little worlds that they had their eyes closed to the needs of others and the ways that God had called them to help the people around them. But for whatever the reason, they didn't. They didn't. Jesus said, the need was right there in front of you and you just didn't. And Jesus does not bless them. He sends them packing. It was a tragic and irreversible ending for a whole group of people who, for whatever reason, didn't. Mount Hope, you and I aren't called to didn't. We're called to do. We're called to do. There are people right here in our neighborhood who are poor, who are lonely, who are depressed who are scared. There are people right among us who are fighting illness. There are people very near to us who struggle with addiction or who are victims of some sort of abuse. I can almost guarantee that very near to you, there is someone who has in their past made a bad choice or who is making a bad choice even today. There are people right near to us who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these people are desperately in need of the help and the healing of the Holy Spirit. And that hurts God. That hurts the heart of God who loves them to see them like that. But when you and I notice these things, and when you and I do what we have to do in order to bring the help and the healing of the Holy Spirit to them, no matter what the cost, our Father's heart is elated. Our Father's heart is blessed. My son, Joe, when he was a teenager, there was a period of time when he was, and for a reason unknown to me, I don't know why, but he was very depressed. Joe had always been like a happy little kid, but for some reason, as happens to teenagers so often, he became sad during his teen years and withdrawn and he felt hopeless. Later in his life, he told me that he had started during that time to think of ways that he could end his own life. And I saw this happening and I always let Joe know that Carl and I loved him so much, but somehow that wasn't what he needed at that time. And literally, my heart hurt to see my baby suffering like that. And for the first time, mom could fix his problem. 
Mark Bucci. He saw my boy hurt him, and he took him under his wing. And he invited Joe here to this church, to the basketball courts, to play ball. He let Joe ride shotgun on the way to the mission trip and just let him talk the whole way to Memphis. And he put a devotional book in Joe's hands that was more treasured to him than the devotional that I tried to give him. Mark prayed with my Joe, and he just showed Joe a Christ-like love that carried my baby through the most difficult years of his life. Understand that when my boy was hurting, I was hurting. And when Mark reached out and cared for him, he reached out and cared for me. When Mark helped my child, he helped me. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, people I love are hurting, and so therefore I'm hurting. And when you reach out to them and you love them, you are reaching out to me and you are loving me. And so I ask you, where in this world do you see an opportunity like that to love on Jesus by loving on his beloved? Where can you serve Mount Hope? As members of the body of Christ, you and I are called to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. It's true. But maybe, friends, maybe first we're called to be his heart. Just love them like he loves them. What else does the heart do? Think about your own heart in your body. What does it do? What is its job or its purpose? Your heart's purpose is to carry the blood that sustains life to all of the parts of your body that need it, right? And if your heart does the job it's supposed to, you will live. And if your heart fails to do the job that it's supposed to do, well, then you will not have life. You and I are called first and foremost to be the heart of Jesus in this world. Love them and carry that which sustains life to all of the places where it's needed. When you and I carry the love of Jesus to the helpless and to the hurting, they can have life through him. But if we fail to do that, well, maybe, maybe the hurting and the helpless won't have life. My prayer is that you and I, at every chance we have, will be the heart that carries the lifeblood of the good news of Jesus Christ to everywhere that it is needed. And in order to do that, you and I need to also be the eyes of Jesus as well. We need to look look around us and see all of the places and all of the people in our vicinity who are in need of the help and the healing of the Holy Spirit. And when we see it, then may we act, may we be his hands and his feet. May we do whatever it is that God lays on our hearts to do for his beloved. Mount Hope, may 
We use our hands and our feet, our voices, our finances, and whatever resources we have in order to carry out the mission that you and I share with our Lord Jesus Christ. May this body fearlessly engage in risk-taking mission and service. And may we reach out in ways that will not only bless others, but that will bless our Savior as well. I want to close with some words from John Wesley. This is one of my favorite quotes, and it has become for me a set of words by which I can live my life. John Wesley said this, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, for as long as you ever can. Lord, let it be so. Thank you, God, for the privilege to do risk-taking mission and service with this body of Christ. Now, Lord, I pray that you put us to work.